Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here, just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly, that's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Monkey tennis? Smelly Allen Fartridge. Linton Travel Tavern seemed an obvious choice. Monkey tennis? At the BBC of all places. Be real. Monkey tennis? Where's my assistant? I do not know. Monkey tennis? I wish things had turned out differently, but I'm glad they didn't. Monkey tennis? It will be called Alan's Show. I decided and would be absolutely ace. Monkey tennis? But needless to say, I had the last laugh. And so we come to the end. Welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. I'm Adam Brooks and I'm joined by Tom Dark. An absolute groin wrecker. Nick Older. God, I'd love to live in Chipping Norton. And Tom Stab. I am back where I belong. I am I, Partridge. Oh, that's very uh, topical. Very nice. Uh, so we're coming to the uh, very last chapters of I, Partridge. We need to talk about Alan. Uh, thanks for joining us over the previous seven weeks as we go through... Uh, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> if you've stuck with us for all of those weeks, well done. Thank yeah. you. God bless you. Uh, we're on to chapter 31, Forward Solutions, trademark. Uh, yeah, and the uh, mandatory listening for this chapter is well, just one song, Pipes of Peace by Paul McCartney. Sounds lovely. Don't think I know it. Yeah, I don't know it. So he's saying he's bounced back and was in solid fettle. He's also made toilet. <laughs> Good to know. That's, that's not an achievement, though. Like In every, Alan's world. Well, like, you, <laughs> you say that, but the brainwave that he has for forward solutions is triggered by the exhilaration of one of his best ever slashes. So uh, the toilet has led to greatness. <laughs> can I... Can I 
get in early here and say I think this is a really weak chapter. I don't think it's very good. There, are, there are a couple of a uh, couple of like short one-liners that I quite enjoy. Um, I, just, I just think this is just massively. Fi- are you suggesting chapter. this is filler for the word this count? Is a, <laughs> this is a filler chapter. I just don't think this is very. Well, good. I think it it links in quite nicely with uh, if anyone remembers the Steve Coogan stand-up show, The Man Who Thinks He's It. The partridge section, like the last half hour of that, is is Alan stand-up. Um, so Alan does a presentation in Lilm Lessons in Life Management. Yep. So I thought this is very reminiscent of that. So he's got if, previous, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, it does kind of connect. It's it's an adaptation of that, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so he basically he starts by saying that he wants to create a sort of a system to help the lonely, weak, vulnerable, obese, not on the radio, poverty stricken, drug to the nines on smack pipes, um, <laughs> the underpoor, the badlings, the shitsome and flopsome. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, he then introduces the rate. <laughs> so the uh, the, wow. cor- the wow. special corporate rate is £299.98 per head, excluding VAT. Also, what do we think Alan thinks is the worst of those afflictions there? I would wager being not, not on the on radio. radio. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's been some of the others. Yeah, he? exactly. Obese and vulnerable, at least. And lonely, probably. And drugged up to the nines on Toblerone. Yes. Um, so there is a bit of uh, having their cake and eating it here, where the writers are sort of spinning out the word count, but also making jokes about Alan spinning out the yeah, word yeah. count. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, lots of unnecessary repetition. Although I do like the bit where he says uh, he's talking about people. People accuse this system of being arrogant. He said uh, he explains why it isn't, and he says so. No, not arrogant. Helpful. It's not arrogant. It's helpful. I said uh, <laughs> when he's talking to a lollipop man that he's basically told. See, needs I I really like that that scene. The payoff for that is great. He he offends the guy with the with the stop sign, so he just doesn't turn it around for a full five minutes. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's is great. anyone going to do an impression of that line that's delivered in the audiobook? <sighs> Give it a go. Uh, I can't find it on the page, to be honest, so it's not possible. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, I can't. So that's a no. Great, then. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> podcasting there. At least we didn't waste any time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, in the audiobook, you have Alan doing some kind of really mangled working class accent or what he envisions it to be, which is kind of this weird amalgamation of several kind of northern accents all rolled up into one. And then after he says that, he said, he made me think about all the funny things Jez Clarkson says about the working class. Um, on Forward Solutions, question to the group, can you remember who Forward Solutions is for and who it isn't for? <laughs> uh, no. Let's go through it. Well, despite him saying not a few pages ago that it was for sort of the downtrodden, the obese, the vulnerable, the weak, uh, he's now saying, <laughs> my advice is more for uh, amateur businessmen, shopkeepers, even people who rent out pedalos on a shallow man-made lake. Uh, but it's <laughs> yeah. not, however, for single parents, asylum seekers, football hooligans, people in care, or criminals, unless white collar and, and sorry. sorry. <laughs> Uh, he describes it as potentially lucrative, so I think we know how this ends. <laughs> um, he, and then again, he, he says, uh, so what was Forward Solutions? Perhaps it's easier to tell you what Forward Solutions was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you've got a system yeah. that you can't even explain what it is, not yeah. off to a great start. Oh, well, I think this is more of the filler, isn't it? Like, here, here's all the things it isn't. Yeah, you could go on for pages. Bulk out on for, but I, yeah. I love the, the fir- uh, point number one being, it wasn't some attempt to boost my profile and secure lucrative television work. No, no, my TV days were dead to me, and I was fine with that. He's fine with that. He's categorically not... Not fine with that. <laughs> uh, he also talks about the, his face on the cover of the Radio Times leading to a 2% leap in circulation. He, there's a lot I love of that he's, he's remembered that statistic yeah. from like 15 years ago. And or also, something. it's not the first time in this book that he his hard work has led to a 2% increase in something. <laughs> yeah, he's had a 2% audience share as well, hasn't he? Yeah. He said, just to reiterate, Forward Solutions was not and is not some presentation that could just be repackaged into a 12-part series of lifestyle makeover shows for BBC One, <laughs> which I think is the first instance in this book of him being unintentionally right. 
<laughs> yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, Very it's good. really not that. Very good. Um, what I, else? I, I, yeah, I, I love the line that uh, follows not long after this. Uh, I had a considerable. So he talks about other kind of life management courses and things, and says I had a considerable advantage in that, unlike these three I've just mentioned, Forward Solutions wasn't shit. <laughs> I just really love the way that's phrased. Those yeah. three that he mentioned were Stuart Blender's Mind Muscle, David Else Ladder of Legends, and Solomon Baptiste's Rise Like a Phoenix. All of which are fictitious. I tried oh. to find them, but they, <laughs> they don't exist. And <laughs> the important point uh, of what Forward Solutions wasn't is number five i think it yeah. wasn't just spoken passages cold directly from bouncing back <laughs> although some bits did double up so literally this entire it's this bouncing is, back it's, <laughs> it's him reading from his own book it's book yes. readings isn't it it's book yeah. readings yeah. um but uh that said uh winning magazine did describe it as nothing less than the advertised <laughs> hour that is also <laughs> one of my I favorite might be his best praise since tv quick yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry it also suggests that an hour is too long <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> nothing less yeah. than the he also references the origins of forward solutions which is it started out as him slapping his own face and saying you have got to get through this <laughs> we also get the term crazed homosexual pest now not what a chapter ago we were talking about predatory homosexuals there's definitely something here yeah, yeah I think he's he's terrified of homosexuals in yeah. short well he also mentions that he was uh, in the early days of uh, his fame he was getting a lot of attention and mm. some of it was even from women so yeah I th- yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, th- I, yeah I think i think that, i think perhaps we've pulled that all together just i think he's i think he's lurking. mistaken uh men being fans of his work for uh, <laughs> homosexuality. <laughs> yeah, for homosexuality. Or is it possible maybe in a salubrious Norwich wine bar, one guy cracked onto him and he's been forever scarred? Quite possibly. Possibly yeah. that. Should we discuss the issue of giving STDs to kids? Yes. We absolutely should, because when Alan goes into schools and gives STDs to kids, he knows he's having an impact on the rest of their lives, and that excites him. <laughs> we should clarify. That's so good. Uh, that is so yeah. good. Shall we, at this point, we do need clarification. Yeah. STDs actually, in Alan's mind, stands for self-transformation diagnosis. <laughs> They're smiling now. Um, oh, one thing about this bit is uh, it, that he says that during a uh, presentation in the staff room of Richard yes. Sounds in Norwich. Yes. Um, we know that that's where he shops for. It's where he goes bang and Olufsen stereo mm-hmm. system from in I'm Alan Partridge, isn't it? So no, he bought it from Hi-Fi Serious. Oh, uh, yes, he you're did. Right, yes, My mistake. Right. My Come mistake. on, Adam. It's the famous album by A. Everybody knows about that. <laughs> it's an album by A. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I did put about this STD joke. Is it the cheapest joke in the book? Oh, I think it's quite good, to be fair. I like it. Is but it? Maybe it's that's not just... very clever, is it? And I, also, yeah. Alan would know what an STD is, surely. Yeah, be real. Come yeah, on. I, I, I'm with you on this one, Adam. It's a bit of an obvious cheap gag. Yep. Mm. Uh, okay. Well, just, just me that liked it, then. Yeah, that's mm. fine. Um, You're allowed to have your own opinion. It's not a problem. <laughs> he talks about the other uh, places he's presented Forward Solutions other than Richer Sounds. Uh, in the preceding seven months alone, he, he, I presented Forward Solutions to the staff of Clinton's Cards in Kings Lynn, to Fords that's, of Norwich. That's not, a, that's not a headquarters, though. That is literally just a branch. A branch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to the entire company at Borwick IT Security. Borwick IT Security. And to the staff at Norfolk <laughs> Mead Hotel. So that's still only five sessions in total over seven months. I have crunched the numbers. Uh, at £299.97 per time, assuming four people a session, uh, he's made £6,000 or £857 a month. That's actually not That's bad. It's not terrible, is it? That's yeah. assuming they paid the advertised yeah. price, which yes, I'm exactly. sure they no, did. He's, probably had, to, he's probably had to give them a discount to get the work, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, there then follows probably about two pages about headset microphones. This, which is, this is, is the bit where I, I kind of get a bit lost. This, like, yeah, this is what I mean well, about I mean, this chapter. That, that's the thing. It's like it's You see the gag they're making, but it just goes on far too long. And same whether you're reading the book or listening to the audio book. You're like, yeah, yeah. We get the point, but they could have cut it in half and the yeah. joke still would have worked. It's the same with um, the explanation of digital radio, which yeah. I know we'll come yeah. on to, yeah. but yeah. you just think, yeah, it's funny, but 
yeah, too long. It is quite in keeping with Alan, though, isn't it? Like he would go yeah, into that, in true. the same in the yeah. same way of like when he described the journey to Dundee, he goes like into minute detail. It is in keeping with the character, and but I, it's yeah. just not that. And I, I think the the earlier bit about FM frequency modulation, yeah. I believe that's a direct copy and paste from the Wikipedia page on it as well. Oh yeah, because the running so, joke is, oh, this is just what I thought. Off the yeah, top yeah, of my yeah, head. yeah. Because because yeah, yeah. Alan thinks there's basically no yeah. need for an education system now. Wikipedia exists. All of that said, though, when we were talking about Alpha Papa and Cole Meany had the notes about the fact that Pat Farrell wouldn't have said some of the things that that they had in the script, and then they said, well, yeah, but it's a, it's a joke. This is almost like a flip of that in that you know the kind of staying true to Alan is coming a little bit at the expense of uh, comedy in some of these mm. longer mm. longer sections. Yeah. yeah. Um, I am quite in uh, admiration of Alan's uh, flexibility for what forward solutions can be uh, because he uh, he tries to get uh, it presented in a tour around the country, starting obviously by meeting with the guys at Norwich Playhouse. Uh, but they say that the only slot they've got is for a pantomime. Uh, and, and then instantly he decides that forward solutions could easily be adapted to be a panto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I particularly enjoyed towards the end of this chapter that he's been providing forward solutions coaching to... Basically, somebody with mental issues that believes in time travel. <laughs> and to quote Alan, he says, um, he kind of hates being told that you can't do certain things. He writes, you can't travel through time. You can't have a second series. You can't have time off your show to do a self-help tour. Bull crap, all of it. <laughs> yeah. And then immediately follows by, I decided not to devote too much of my time to forward solutions. <laughs> so obviously you couldn't get the time off. And, and, and there yeah, we go. Exactly. Uh, yeah, um, so that is, yeah, that's the end that of the forward solutions uh, chapter. It's quite a self-contained chapter as well, isn't it? It doesn't really impact on anything else in the it's book. It's one See, of the weaker ones. I'm kind of with Stab. It's you know what? That's ones. an interesting point because we're talking about chapter 24 is not in the audiobook. If they were going to remove any chapter, they could have taken this out and it wouldn't affect any narrative development. Yep, and it's exactly. not even like it really fills in any major narrative gaps in terms of what you see in the TV shows yeah. either. Mm. I wonder if they did have a few chapters kind of draft written to drop in or remove as, as needed for the flow. Uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, kind of like extra scenes. They might have mm. they might have had a bit of a plan, but other ways this, the book could go, other chapters that could exist. Um my, my just uh, final addition to this chapter when he talks about uh, calling out is it the AA or the RAC about yeah, yeah, how yeah. it's uh, easier for single women <laughs> so that he has to seek help by standing in the highway wielding a jack there was no way she was driving past no way again that kind of just comes out of nowhere doesn't it it's <laughs> yeah. a, I just find this whole chapter a little bit odd terrifying not that great uh, that brings us on to chapter 32 North Norfolk Digital do we have any musical cues for this chapter which yeah. is ostensibly all about radio and the playing of music uh, no, there, are, <laughs> okay. there is no mandatory listening for this fine, chapter. Fine. Sorry, fine. Uh, Adam, I, I do insist. Can you please name the? Can you please read out the name of the Sorry, title? Sorry, uh, North Norfolk Digital, North Norfolk's best music. Thank mix. you very Excellent. much. Yes. With no music to play. <laughs> um, so uh, again, it starts like the last chapter ends with rambling about <laughs> the, the origins of radio. Oh yeah, so we talked about this a bit already. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, it, it's just it's one of the weaker parts of of the book. And whilst I agree with you, I'm pointing at you, Tom Stab, that it is kind of in keeping with the character of Alan it doesn't make for hugely exciting reading or listening and this is kind of the equivalent of repeating a joke pages yeah, apart isn't it they've just done, done it. it in the forward solutions chapter yeah. and then here it is again so basically what we're saying is they should remove the forward solutions chapter yeah speaking to Adam yesterday I, I kind of spoke to him how he felt about doing his section of the book I actually feel I mean we can kind of sum this up a little bit later but I actually think this is probably the weakest part of the book this last bit I think uh, yeah uh, well, do you mean from now until the end? From now until the end, yeah. I I'd say with the exception of the Dave Clifton bit, which we'll come on to, mm. I would agree. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, because what's, what follows, it's all kind of, the next two couple of chapters are all just quite functional, just making sure they've 
essentially covered everything that's happened to Alan so far. So like a bit of a checklist sort of thing. Yeah, really. And it's a pretty quick wrap-up. It doesn't go into much detail on any of this. It's all pretty swift. Yeah, when you consider how much time they spent on his early days and uh, and Carol and so on. Yeah, um, yeah. A couple of things I like, though. At the end of this rambling, he's left in the square brackets. It says citation needed, uh, (laughs) which implies that it's literally been copied and pasted (laughs) from Wikipedia. Um, And uh, he also says that uh, FM is now considered prehistoric. If anyone's DJing on an FM frequency, you think they're on pirate. Pirate Radio, sad FM. <laughs> and he also throws in a say what, Alan? Like that. Like he's got a lot of his sort yeah, of and his slang like is audio always about 20 years out of date, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nick liked that bit. <laughs> I did like that bit. <laughs> uh, so, so then it goes on to Radio Norwich being sold to Gordell Media, and he's about to basically read out uh was it the email that they get sent yeah which yeah. he's full absolutely fallen for the uh the corporate speak now at this point there's there's a part in the audio book which has puzzled me since i first listened to it um alan takes a phone call at this point does everyone remember oh, this? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah um so yeah he's literally about to just after he says please read carefully so he's about to read out the gordell media email in the audio book uh, there is and basically a phone call, which I think we can probably drop in here now. I sincerely believed that and was vindicated when we received the following email. Shit. Hello? No. No, abs- no. no absolutely not. Please read carefully, read the subject's line, which I thought was a strong hook. It went on to say that Radio Norwich was to be sold. There we go. Yeah, so it's a and bit that's weird, that's always isn't it? Because, I mean, obviously, it's deliberately part of it, but I don't really understand what the payoff for that is. Um, I mean, that, that is, there is, it is not referenced in, your, in the book at all. It's uh, just in the audio book. I, I think it's just another one of those things, like when he gets mouth and nose mixed up in a previous chapter. Nose and mouth. Yeah, it's just another nod to his like lack of professionalism that he that will take a phone, phone call while dictating um, the audio But then book. I also thought, who is the phone call from? Is it Lynn? Or is the implication that it's somebody at Gordell Media? Checking up on what he's set, what he's recording for the audiobook. I don't know. It, it's it's weird. weird, and it's the fact clear. that there isn't a payoff to it later in the chapter or no. anything. I just thought no. it was a bit strange. Mm. I think it, I think it's. I mean, I'm guessing here, but I think it's probably Lynn, and I think it's just a, a nod to his lack of professionalism. Yeah, I I, th- I think the Lynn thing makes most sense because he's quite curt with that. Whoever's on the phone, mm. he's like, no, absolutely, absolutely not. not. Uh, his his lack of grasp of what people corporate speak actually means in emails is uh, clear here because he's very excited about uh, the uh, the stripping of assets uh, with relation to <laughs> North Norfolk Digital uh, and he said it was unmistakably upbeat exciting times improved offer going forward and increased efficiency <laughs> all of which we know are basically buzzwords uh, that <laughs> mean redundancies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so at this point, Dave is a—he uh, says Dave's left to stagnate on Radio Norwich, shunted to Norfolk Knights. Uh, but then what Alan basically reveals is that he's been moved to a completely different, smaller station. Uh, I, d- I just have a, t- a, t- a tiny note to, in terms of Alan not understanding corporate speak. There's actually a point in chapter 17, Return to Norwich, when he says um, in a meeting that he veered off some highfalutin corporate speak, which I won't bore you with now, but which I did understand. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just very consistent. He has no idea what's being said. He's got nothing. Uh, so yeah, Dave's been moved like up a, uh, or back a slot a little bit, but he's been moved to ra- from Radio Norwich to Radio North Norfolk. North Norfolk's b- <laughs> yeah. best which, mix. Which he yeah. describes <laughs> as a far more refined listenership. So question to the group, Dave or Alan, who got the biggest emotion here? Alan. Alan. Yeah, Alan, always yeah. Alan. I think, I think so, too. <laughs> if uh, in doubt, always Alan. Alan. Yeah. Uh, more speak uh, that Gordale was committed to making best use of its resources, love that phrase, and it decided that when the station's FM license came up for renewal in 2006, it would not be bidding. 
Instead, the station would become digital only, and it's only in brackets with two exclamation marks. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, that's an improvement, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it, again, he thinks that he's essentially being positioned as a saviour in the same way that he did with being put on BBC Two, not BBC One. So he's airdropped into Radio North Norfolk. 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 To give it a kick in the arm. Which also isn't the right phrase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, he says he's very <laughs> impressed with the, the the way that Gordale passionately threw its weight behind the move, spending a cool three grand on signage, mugs and T-shirts. Uh, so obviously that's terrible use of money. Question to the group. You have £3,000 to launch North Norfolk Digital. North, How do you North s- Norfolk's best music mix. <laughs> How do you spend it? Facebook uh, ads. Yeah, yeah, just so- social media <laughs> advertising. Just do that, yeah. Probably some uh, advertising on uh, on uh, Radio Norwich as well. Yeah. Oh. We could use sharp minds like this behind the <laughs> yeah. desk at Gordale Media. <laughs> <laughs> Give me half an hour, I'll come up with a marketing plan for you. <laughs> so Alan's new show, uh, he hopes it will be tonally equidistant between two other shows on the station, <laughs> Nigel Pinsent's In-Depth and Wally Banter's Junkbox. Question to the group, which of these would you rather listen to on title alone? Nigel Pinsent's In Depth or Wally Banter's Junk Box? I'm going In Depth. Uh, really? Oh, it's I'm Wally Banter's junk, junk Box. Surely. Uh, I go we already discussed like, Wally Banter looks well, like yeah, a pedophile. Well, yeah, we said he looked like a pedo. Yeah, it doesn't mean you won't listen. It doesn't mean he is. <laughs> I'm not listening. <laughs> and that's why his show revolves I'm around. I'm not listening to pedophile radio. <laughs> you don't have to look at him while he broadcasts. <laughs> Uh, I'd, I'd probably go in depth too, but I am shocked that you've not gone for junk box, Nick. I thought that was a shoe. <laughs> I'm better than that. Sp- speaking of up. speaking of what you've just talked about, without making it uh, legally worrying, uh, legally worrying, uh, 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 the official. Guys, I, I mean, I'm legally worried. I'm legally worried. <laughs> at what point do we get the to, sequel to Legally Blonde? At what point do we get to Pop Aficionado and Jonathan King are like Benny Parry being quietly moved on, and people responding by saying things such as "No way, Jesus Christ!" and "He used to go to my swimming bath." <laughs> He used to go to my swimming baths and imagine his wife finding out about that and I knew there was something about him. Yeah, I've just got written in the margins of my book here. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, and that's the... Legally worrying. That, Legally that's, worrying. Is that the guy that they're talking about in uh, Alpha Papa as well? They do mention... Uh, oh, that's the janitor, isn't it? There's a guy. There's a guy who gets moved on for similar reasons in the film. He's still desperately trying to make Alan's show happen as a show title. <laughs> yes. Once again, he fails. Um, oh yeah. God! It's, what did you say? Despite I, being absolutely adamant, yeah. If you can't even win an argument with North Norfolk Digital, North Norfolk's best music mix, then uh, <laughs> then like you're it's never, never going to have Alan's show yeah. made. He was fully prepared to walk. But he didn't walk. <laughs> yeah. the, fra- the phrasing of this, I devised the name Alan's show as I felt that was the best name for the show. <laughs> Like devise, like he spent hours thinking yeah. about it. Yeah, <laughs> he spent years thinking about yeah, well, it. Yeah, well, that is true. Yeah. Shortly afterwards, he spends a long weekend in the Aylsham Travel Tavern, uh, which confirms what we already believed that uh, the Travel Tavern is a chain and not an individual yes. outlet. Yep. What I thought was also quite nice: Alan's back in a travel tavern and he's back speaking into a dictaphone whilst his assistant <laughs> writes down everything he says. So we've gone fully back to 1997 yeah. by this point. <laughs> Love that. He's regressing. Uh, and also, that was also one of the ways that he wrote "Bouncing Back," wasn't it? Was uh, Bluetooth headset uh, rather than a dictaphone. To yeah. His yeah. They spent four days in that room together, brackets, not in an intimate way. She slept in the bathroom. (laughs) Poor Lynn. Uh, There's a lovely setup and switcheroo here when he's devising, or the the name for his shows being devised. Uh, He talks about how much he loves alliteration and uh, (laughs) phrases that begin with the same letter, obviously. Things like Green Goddess, Hemel Hempstead, Bum Bags, Monster Mash, (laughs) Krispy Kreme, Dirty Dozen, Peter Purves, Est Est Est, The SS, World Wide Web, and Clear Cash. Which one of those is your favourite? Uh, well, I was going to say, question to the group: Which of those is your is the most popular? Do you think on Google Trends? I've done this. Okay, okay. I, I prefer Adam's question. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'm going to go with Krispy Kreme. I think uh, I might go World Wide Web. Who's googling World Wide <laughs> Web? 
No, no, no. I said uh, I don't think it's World Wide Web. I'll probably go for <laughs> Clear Cache. Can I get the list again? Yes, it's Green Goddess, Hemel Hempstead, Bumbags, Monster Mash, Krispy Kreme, Dirty Dozen, Pizza Purvis, SSS, the SS, World Wide Web, and Clear Cache. Oh, Clear Cash is a shout, actually. I'm sticking with Krispy Kreme. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go Monster Mash, but I just don't really Monster know what the answer is. <laughs> Monster Mash? Tom Stab has it. Yeah, Krispy Kreme yeah, yeah, yeah. is the most popular of those terms. I didn't um, believe I was going to be right, but I just didn't know what else to <laughs> so say. So this basically builds up to, you know, he he's like, I need a name for my show. I love alliteration. We know the show is, ends up being called Mid Morning yep. Matters. So then when he tells us he's decided it's going to be called Daily Daytime Debate, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's a nice little uh, expectation <laughs> switch up there. From his perspective, that was absolutely final. <laughs> but then he just says, in the end, it was changed to mid-morning matters, which was a good name because it did matter. And running from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. <laughs> occupied a time that everyone would agree was known as mid-morning. It's not, is it? It's lunchtime, basically. <laughs> 2 p.m. is not mid-morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. There's a nice bit on uh, during his first show where he basically <laughs> ignores all of the chat that's been had so far about what, the, what it's going to be called and just says, prepare your psyche for a new la- listening experience. Prepare for Alan's show. And then uh, <laughs> and his producer says, it's not called Alan's show. <laughs> and he says, for Alan's new show, <laughs> Mid Morning Matters. Um, and uh, yeah, he's we, like, uh, rename the podcast Alan's Show. He'd yes, like that. Alan's yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, his his first uh, opening uh, phone in topic is uh, how long have you kept a fizzy drink fizzy for? Once the top's <laughs> been opened, we want to know how long you kept the fizz and how you did it. It's, it's Alex Allen. It's just fascinating radio, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and then on the text, we always hear the downside to female <laughs> circumcision, but what about the upside? Uh, <laughs> there is a story actually about how you keep fizzy things fizzy, isn't it? It's a famous <laughs> Oasis story, isn't it? Nolan uh, and Gallagher. Yes. You, keep, you put a, you put a spoon, a, a spoon, spoon or fork in like into that what you do for like champagne. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, but so I it's mean, the same I'm theory not, that it's a fizzy drink. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not convinced. I, I don't understand what the science behind this, but yeah, if you put a spoon in the top of a bottle of champagne, it should keep Th- that. This fizzy. sounds very much like it's from the same world as you can suck a penny to pass a drink drive test. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, really? I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really. No. Someone, so does, the, someone doesn't drink. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so the Oasis story was that. Liam came over to Noel's house one day, saw the spoon in the top of the bottle of champagne and was like, what's that all about? So Noel explained, oh, if you keep that in there, it keeps it fresh. When Noel next went to Liam's house, Liam had a spoon in the top of a bottle of milk. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Now, is that, do you reckon that's actually true or a bit? Yes. Okay, good. (laughs) We've got it it confirmed. Verified. Um, Thanks, Liam. And then the, the additional joke here is is that uh, obviously the second topic is uh, he's looking for people uh, who can uh, contact him about the upside of female circumcision, but he's only accepting texts. <laughs> it doesn't matter text. Yeah, do not know how that's going to work. He also says uh, the listening figures spiked in his first quarter by, you guessed it, 2%. 2%. Yeah. <laughs> there's that 2% again. Um, and then there's yet more rambling as he talks about uh, yeah. digital broadcasting, um, which brings us to the end of the chapter, I think, unless anyone's got anything else. Not from me. So, okay. for me. so here we are on to chapter 30. 33, the penultimate chapter, a sidekick. What's our music here, Tom? Uh, so we have two pieces of mandatory listening for this chapter. We've got Eco Eco or Ico Ico by the Bell Stars. I have no idea what that is. Nope. And Poison Arrow by ABC. Lovely. So this is effectively the story of the rise, join, fall, and leaving of, uh, <laughs> of Psychic Simon. Yes, well, I think over the uh, course of about eight pages. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, Poison Arrow is perhaps indicative of where when uh, things start falling apart. That's uh, when you're prompted to play the song in the chapter. Uh, Alan says the story begins on a Tuesday night. Uh, it was a warm evening, and he was hungry for the 2.5 units of alcohol to which, as a driver, I was legally entitled. Like it's a recommended dose. Yeah, <laughs> uh, um, you must have that at a, at a minimum. <laughs> he hears uh, Psychic Simon on the. Uh, 
uh, on the radio. He says, it's no exaggeration to say that it nearly blew me back against the car. Uh, I put, yes, it is. <laughs> That's a massive <laughs> exaggeration. Um, he also recommends a pub in Birmingham called the King's Arms at this point, which has a very welcome zero poli- po- tolerance policy on dogs in the bar. And I do mean zero tolerance. If you're blind, don't bother. But that kind of suggests that he likes the fact that it's zero tolerance on dogs in the bar. But we know from later episodes of The Likes of Cisadile that he has uh, seldom. Yes, I think but I seldom was not his choice. Well, it was his choice, but we reckon it was because he was trying to appeal to a bus. Yeah, yeah he's not actually into dogs. I don't think dogs. he's a dog lover. No, at he he can't control Sorry, seldom, seldom, and he keeps pepperamis from him. Seldom, and seldom. that just makes you sad, doesn't Poor it? Because seldom. you're a dog lover, so even lovely. though you don't have one. Yeah. You're basically Alan. He only <laughs> eats boiled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> so, do we think from this that basically Psychic Simon is sort of one of those wacky guys? You know, like he's not. Oh yeah, he's wearing an out there Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, he's he's That's he's Alan's words. His piano ties. He could just he's be wearing a Hawaiian shirt, which is, is he, fine. Is he a twenty first century version of Colin Hunt from the Fast <laughs> Show? Basically, <laughs> I'm an alien. He's not that bad. No, not that bad. <laughs> but, he's not uh, far off. No, and uh, and also he basically when Alan first goes to see him, Simon Denton, to give him his real name, um, he is basically making a, a lot of off color jokes. Uh, he's he's almost like a comedian in this sort of. Uh, What's the, uh, what's the word? Like Roy Bernard, Chubby Brown. Bernard Manning. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, the, the thing is, yeah, because Alan won't retell the jokes in the book, uh, but he does say that the jokes are so funny, he describes them as an absolute groin wrecker. <laughs> <laughs> so I wondered, is Simon broadcast ready, really? Is he a loose cannon, or is Alan just overbearing? And I did also wonder, so the chapter starts that in October 2010, I broke one of the most sacred covenants of Brand Partridge. I decided to start broadcasting with the aid of a sidekick. No consultation, no forward planning, I just did it. Bam. Now... How true do we think that is? Because that seems like a very unallen thing to do to start sharing the limelight with somebody else. Do you think the reality is that he was told to, that he needed to have a co-host? The only other time that that sort of happened was in Know Me Knowing You when he had the French co-host. Yeah. So, and again, and that we, was we think the BBC him, have pushed yeah. him to do that. It's so. a similar situation. Nina Vanier. It's a similar sort of thing here. Possibly. I think so. Yeah. 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 Unreliable I, I, narrator. Strikes again. <laughs> on. Um, yeah, uh, there's a, quite a meta bit here where he's sort of saying um, he invites Denton to become part of Mid Morning Matters. Always told to, and uh, says, "Of course, it was so obvious. Comedy was the one, th- the only thing the show hadn't nailed. When in fact, obviously, comedy is the only thing the show is for." In the <laughs> so um, he talks about the killer features they cooked up. Alan describes art: a partridge in a pun tree, Creed Crunch, word scramble, and gender thrash. Question <laughs> to the group: Which is your favourite? Creed oh. Crunch. Partridge in a pun tree would listen. Yeah, partridge in a pun tree for me. <laughs> the thing like is, what is partridge from a pun tree apart from the fact it's a pun? It's just, it's just <laughs> an idea. Also, also, can we have some speculation about what gender thrash is? I know. <laughs> uh, I've been. That's it. I, that was also my note. What? What's our wild speculation on what these things actually are? But I cannot begin to fathom <laughs> what that would actually be. It's no. best we don't speculate. I'm Agreed. willing. I'm willing to bet out of those that uh, Creed Crunch and Gender Thrash probably weren't continued more than once or twice. The <laughs> yeah. rest of them seem relatively <laughs> they're, they're safe. They're all new regular features. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that word scramble would have led to at least one of them swearing on air by accident or uh, legal action from the manufacturers of Scrabble or something like that. <laughs> um, he is adamant that Simon is not a co-host because that would be taking it in his words way, 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 way 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 too far yeah that's correct amount of ways well done <laughs> uh, and he's therefore names him sidekick simon so that he can never escape that role yeah that's perfect isn't it that means that simon is constantly put in his place and belittled 
continually. Yes. He can't escape it. Uh, he also, uh, in quite a rare move, asks Lynn's advice uh, before he uh, takes Simon on. Plot twist. Mm. Uh, well, there's a twist to the twist, I guess, because uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> he concludes, the best way to reach a decision is to find out what a Baptist would do, then do the opposite. Yeah, she says he's probably not ready. So Alan's like, he's ready. Um, <laughs> all tell those, me when you're ready. All those years of service, and he basically uses Lynn as a what-not-to-do guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's, he's invented another system, which comes up on page 289 of the hardback book. Uh, it's the paper purchaser's prerogative. Um, oh, where, yeah, yeah. where basically uh, he's saying that he, he's paid for the paper, so he gets to read the bits he wants first. Uh, question to the group. What is your newspaper policy order of sections and willingness to let others read? Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I mean, I haven't bought a newspaper I in probably about 10 years. Yeah, I haven't. Really? Bought... 10 years? Well, I'm exaggerating. Really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I definitely haven't bought a newspaper for at least two years, I don't think. Oh. Because I, I... I went, like, when I would buy them on a weekend, I'd find I would just never really actually read it. it was just I, I feel money. like, uh, not to cut you off, but Adam is the only newspaper purchaser, and I'm keen to hear how he splits the mail on Sunday with Ben. <laughs> 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 I would say regular... Paper. Take half each, place in a bin on fire. <laughs> <laughs> regular paper purchaser, Adam Brooks, yes. I would occasionally buy an observer on a Sunday for uh, food supplement pullout. Food and monthly. Food monthly, mm-hmm. yeah. Great supplement. Fantastic supplement. Uh, and uh, for the sport as well, but then end up not reading much of the rest and I've paid £2.50 <laughs> when I could have read yeah. all of that online. Yeah. I'll <laughs> no Guardian, I won't give you a donation. <laughs> I'll sometimes get a, a Guardian or an Observer. It will usually go uh, guide, magazine, Regular newspaper. <laughs> and the uh, rest is unread. Family. Uh, Bin. Yeah. Occasionally review. And I'll basically just save the sport until I need to like wrap some china. <laughs> quick quick newspaper as a side as we're going down this tangent. Isn't the uh, Guardian going into like tabloid format as well? Yes. Yes, it is. Do we know when? Just easier to Soon. carry. Yeah, exactly. Because those supplements, you open it up and it's like yeah. about 40 travel things fall yeah. out yeah. onto the so floor. Also, read. try opening a full-size Guardian on the train. You could drown in it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that I digress. concludes our Guardian. <laughs> That's my paper purchaser's prerogative. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast is put to you by the Guardian. <laughs> it definitely isn't. <laughs> Please sponsor us. Um, <laughs> got no money. They're asking for donations. Because Sidesick 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 Simon Sidesick Simon Sidekick Simon and Alan's uh, rapport is not going super great. Uh, Alan basically 
basically forces Simon to start drinking in the mornings. <laughs> I love that um, <laughs> Which ends with him losing his licence. I'd forgotten about that bit before this. Yeah. It's, it's really worth reading what Alan says, what Alan writes here. Um, so he says about Simon, he said he didn't want to start drinking when it wasn't even 10 o'clock. I was absolutely furious. It was so unprofessional. <laughs> uh, Simon ends up having to take three buses to work every day because he hasn't got a car anymore. There's another great bit in this section where Alan writes... Other than those moments when I have either punched or shot people live on air, <laughs> the name Alan Partridge has become a byword for broadcasting excellence. <laughs> not true. He also says, I don't really know where this fits into anything, but he just says, it's not like biscuits grow on trees. Note to self, possible film idea. <laughs> <laughs> Would not watch. No, absolutely not. We learn shortly thereafter that uh, Denton is no longer Alan's sidekick, which throws up a bit of a uh, timeline question. He's obviously back in uh, Mid-Morning Matters Series 2, which came out after this book. So yeah. uh, how does that work? Well, I think having not seen every single episode of Mid-Morning Matters yet, I think yet. what we can yet what we can infer from that is that Simon is reinstated post this book and pre-Mid-Morning Matters Series 2. So this book was published 2011, mm-hmm. Mid-Morning Matters Series 1 was 2011, so that's all in line with this. Yep. Mid-Morning Matters Series 2 was 2016. So there is a gap which we haven't yet covered, but don't worry listeners, I'm sure we'll get there eventually. Okay. The events leading up to his second, he says, the warning signs appeared when Denton began to turn up late. My question was, how late was he? We find out, in two paragraphs later, he kept me waiting sometimes for, uh, for waiting for two, sometimes three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, he says, uh, uh, as an example of him being a forgiving man as well, he says, he, uh, I even returned a prized album of family photos to Carol after she left, going as far as gluing the torn shreds back together with Bostick and drawing in bits that had been lost. <laughs> I <laughs> love the idea of him illustrating Carol's uh, yeah. diary. Absolute uh, psychopath, album. basically. There's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a nice insight into Lynn's level of panic when something goes wrong for Alan. I was woken one night by a text from my assistant. Yeah. Emergency, it begins, but then it always does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, North Norfolk Digital now, not home. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that. So, yeah, obviously she's written home, but um, Alan figures out that she meant good and writes, I'm continually staggered by her failure to grasp T9 predictive text despite having used it for a decade. <laughs> and I think that's so brilliant because I don't know about you guys, but I think like parents, mums, etc. cannot get text Terrible. Right. So always, bad. always get it wrong. Yep. I did used to get uh, a lot of full stops where there should have been spaces and, yep. and all yeah. caps yeah, back yeah. in the early days of text. Everyone has improved now. So yeah, I think it's exactly right that Lynn doesn't know how texting works properly. So the emergency that she's woken him up uh, by a text uh, for is that Denton has been moonlighting for a bit of time with Branning. (laughs) Uh, Presumably he was given a bit more license to uh, do his comedy there. Because this comes up in um, Mid-Morning Matters. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is covered yeah, in mid-morning matters. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yes, even without a legally binding contract, Alan says, I'd, th- I'd have thought it was obvious that he was mine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that just goes without saying, doesn't Very it? Yeah, yeah. Property. Absolute ownership. So yeah, you do have, he makes a fleeting mention of sharing mic space with a girl whose name I think was Zoe. That's very much like a Denise-style mention. It's He does some mid-morning matter shows with her, but he's like, oh, I think it's her name, not sure. He, he knows what her name is, shortly. Um, and then there is a slight reconciliation with Psychic Simon at the end of the chapter as well. Um, this bit it starts off seeming as if it's going to be a kind of a validation of uh, getting rid of Simon, saying you know actually he's uh, he is a bit uh, a bit close to the bone because um, he basically makes makes a, a crude joke at the expense of a woman that Alan's having a drink with. Yeah, so Alan's basically on a date uh, sharing a bag of scampi fries with uh, the lucky lady, and she is a lucky lady because scampi fries are brilliant. They are great. Although um, Alan's <laughs> only given her one because oh, uh, of course, yeah. So. Uh, 
he writes, no sooner had she eaten her scampi fry, than De- so Denton is also in the pub, uh, Denton piped up with a joke about her having fishy fingers. On the face <laughs> of it, it pertained to the distinctive aroma of scampi, but Denton and I knew it both had vaginal oversights. So at this point, <laughs> at, this point <laughs> at this point, I thought... And whilst I, I the thought... woman was unimpressed, Denton and I fell about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the sentence before that, I was going to say, um, it's actually, yeah, you're actually at that point thinking, he is actually a bit inappropriate. I can sort oh, of yeah. see how yeah, he's, yeah, totally. I can see how he's not right for radio, but then, of course, Alan absolutely loves yeah. it. And they're, <laughs> and they're best pals again. So here we are at chapter 34, the final chapter of I Partridge, hanging up the headphones. Uh, what are we talking music-wise, Tom Dark? Okay, well, there are four mandatory pieces of listening for this chapter. We have Dean from The Saint theme from Harry's Game by Clanad, which I believe features at the very close to the beginning of the list as well. Uh, and then we have Fix You by Coldplay. Uh, there's a footnote to this. Uh, at the point where Alan says it needs to be played, he says at this point, track 45 should really kick in. If not, you're not reading at the right pace. <laughs> Reread the section and back time the start of the song to the right point. Brackets, if you can be asked. <laughs> I'm surprised he gives the option of being asked. Yeah, and I that's am not as well. Yeah. And then the final track is Portsmouth by Mike Oldfield. He says of that track, at the point we have the footnote here, uh, in the book he does actually read, now, however, as I ask you that you play track 46, the footnote says, when this comes to an end, the book is finished. So we've got some very uh, clear instructions yeah, on how to make instructions that work. instructions on yeah. the mandatory playlist. Uh, the uh, opening of the chapter sees Alan in quite a reflective mode. Uh, he says... The last thing you want to do is plough on long past your sell-by date, trading on past glories, bracket Simon Rayo, <laughs> or pretending to like classical music, bracket Simon Bates. The dignified approach is to recognise when your magic has gone and serenely slip away, having negotiated a handsome severance package and delivered a stinging broadside against younger DJs and station controllers, brackets also Simon Bates, to be fair, which I thought was very nice. <laughs> he also uh, drops the bomb that he's been sending tapes to Denise and Fernando to flag anything that uh, sounds dated or foggy-like. Uh, so far, nothing's come back. They've never listened, have Yeah, they? they've never listened. <laughs> and also, so, to tapes. clarify, is it is it tapes? No because that's, tapes anymore, that's probably they? why they haven't listened as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, putting his hand up for that. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. I mean, Jed runs a cassette label, but let's ignore that. <laughs> um, he uh, he's he's cruelly tricked into saying I listen to Orbital Digital, uh, a rival station. <laughs> How can he be tricked into that's, that? I, I thought about know. that as well. Although, does that does that, that happen in Midmorning Matters? Yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, yeah. By Craig Kilty, aka the Monster, a DJ from rival station Orbital Digital. So uh, he's uh, he's he's down on his luck. He's he's flagging. Uh, he has to come up with an idea to get uh, excitement back around Midmorning Matters. So he does Midmorning Matters midair, which is basically him trying to broadcast while hanging. From a thing. I also enjoyed. That's <laughs> <laughs> conviction there, didn't you? What you were saying? Hanging from a thing or on a bounce castle. I enjoyed uh, slightly earlier in this chapter as well that he says he's perpetually analysing my relevance and fitness for purpose, angrily quizzing my assistant on the quality of each day's show. Angrily. Yeah, I felt a bit <laughs> sorry for Lynn there. And you know, Lynn's just going to tell him every day, yes, it was brilliant, it was great, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, I feel like at this point in uh, I Partridge, similar to the uh, very slow uh, chase in Alpha Papa, they needed some sort of uh, some sort of uh, exciting climax chase type situation, uh, which comes in the form of a grubby man rushing forward, <laughs> shoving the castle out of the way, and it turns out shock twist, it's Dave Clifton. Yeah, of course. It's worth noting as well that this conflict here with uh, between Alan and Dave Clifton. Uh, from the mid-morning matters mid-air on about his castle, Alan says it's August 2011. So that would mean that the book has been published a month after <laughs> after the last chapter has been written. So yeah, he's <laughs> still writing is in no way realistic. No, of course not. No. Um, this is really much really the apex of uh, Dave and Alan's rivalry, isn't it? Clifton's on nights. Alan's on the smaller station. Uh, it's it's sort of come to violence of sorts. 
So who who's who's better who's better off now in terms of I think Alan's got a better slot, but the station is smaller. Dave's on a bigger station. Dave's but broadcasting to more people, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would agree. Even though he's on nights. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Even, th- even if he is well, because his station's on FM and Alan's is, is on digital. Everyone listens to the AB these days. <laughs> yeah, these days, not in 2011. Get with it. No one's listening to Sad FM. This is back when Six Music is going to get cancelled. <laughs> it's perhaps interesting to note that Dave Clifton is the sort of nemesis of Alan yeah. uh, as the at the kind of um, at the end of of, of I Partridge. Yet they didn't carry that over into Alpha Papa, which came out two years after. Now, obviously, we yeah. kind of alluded to the fact in our live show that we thought that Dave Clifton would have been a better um, uh, uh, antagonist for Alan in, in Yeah, in I, th- I think it would have made a lot more sense instead of mm. introducing Pat Farrell as essentially a brand new character. Yeah, and they've, Papa, they've, yeah. They've, they've gone down the route of Dave Clifton as, as, the, as the antagonist here, but yet not car- followed mm. that through into Alpha Papa, which came out, yeah, 2013, so two yeah. years it's after It's not this. how I would have written it. Especially no. as Alan describes it here, he says, we're locked in a dramatic low-speed chase. Well, that's, you know... Kind of what happens with Pat Farrell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two hours later, the pursuit is still in full swing. Uh, he also, for some reason, describes uh, Dave here as a, like a large menstruating snail with a drink problem. <laughs> <laughs> the, cha- the chase is <laughs> described as dramatic and low speed. <laughs> yeah. Again, uh, much like Alpha Papa. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, Alan counters something that Dave said to him as he's overtaken by a pregnant woman. That's how slow, <laughs> we're, that's how slow we're talking about. I don't know about everyone else, but I didn't really go with this bit, this whole section. It's kind of funny, but it's a bit ridiculous. <sighs> it's a, I, d- it, I just think it's a bit of a poor conclusion to what is an otherwise excellent Yeah, book. I'd agree yeah. with that. I don't yeah. know how much fun you can get out of a written chase as well. Yeah, exactly. I th- I can't At low speed, I despite how yeah. dramatic well, it I, might I be. think what's better is the latter half of this chapter where he He's going to resign and then doesn't like that's that's a lot more in keeping in what the Alan character is about. Yeah, an absolute construct where he sort of he probably didn't do any of that stuff. Yeah, he it's, never it's was all about, about a manufactured even. sense of self-importance, which is totally misjudged and misguided. Yeah. So Alan uh, finds himself. Well, he says he finds himself. I think this bit might be totally made up. Uh, <laughs> finds himself in the disabled parking bay outside Morrison's, which he realizes is the site of the uh, tree that we were talking about all ah, the way back in chapter we've one. Gone full circle. Yeah. Yep. It's almost like he's invented this to make the book tie up neatly, <laughs> isn't it? Surely um, not. Yeah. Don't believe Although it. at least we do know that it is based on a true Coogan experience. So that there is, is that. True. So in where, his defence. Where the tree was ori- originally uh, telling him that he was a cut above the rest and not to be uh, too worried about getting bullied, the tree apparently now is telling him that he has passed it and must retire effective immediately. <laughs> which is very specific advice for a tree to give, especially as the tree was bulldozed about 20 years earlier <laughs> and is now just a car park. <laughs> yeah, that's the brilliant thing about this. The tree is not there. Um, he he, uh, he wills himself to write a goodbye, uh, but that night's bit-up TV is so enjoyable that four hours later he realises he hasn't done it. See, Nick he is knows, nodding with approval. He knows yeah. you can just get gay, gr- See, he knows. He knows you can just... See, he knows. <laughs> <laughs> you can just get great presents from bid up TV. That's all I know. <laughs> Easy for you to say. Uh, he telephones his assistant to tell her the news. He says he's obviously not interested in what she has to say. So when I, when he's finished speaking, he presses the buttons on his phone to drown her out with the keynotes, which I thought was basically his way of saying, I'll just beep over you, Lynn. Yeah, yeah. yeah just mash the keypad. There's a fair bit of padding, I think, over the next few pages as he, <laughs> tries, he, tr- <laughs> as he tries to say goodbye to his listeners, but then realises that he's massively important and necessary and so takes it back at the last minute um and you can you can kind of see you can kind of see these setups coming a mile off in terms of oh the weather's going to be this the traffic's doing that yeah, yeah, you yeah, can kind yeah, of yeah, see yeah. where this is going to yeah, go yeah. can't you oh yeah and then yeah he's like yeah these are all but 
metaphors for bits of his show, basically, yeah. aren't they? The travel bulletin he'd given to the bespectacled driver, <laughs> um, imagining that he allows her to return her library books in time, saving money that she could use to feed her children, for example, and the old lady doing her shopping that is not getting rained on, etc. He's just helping so many people. Yep. Yep. He's so helping, many. amusing, chatting, help, amuse, chat, and help, so amuse, <laughs> chat. <laughs> and so instead of quitting, he says instead, this is Alan Partridge with Mid-Morning Matters, and on the day that 67-year-old Norwich resident Mary Lees has woken from a three-year coma, we'll be asking, what's the best night's sleep you've <laughs> ever had? <laughs> that is a great payoff. That's fantastic. That's great Followed almost immediately by, we're also looking at the law and asking, are you legally allowed to draw a line down the back of a photograph and use it as a postcard? <laughs> <laughs> now, though, the best band ever to come out of Liverpool, it is of course, China <laughs> crisis. <laughs> He's forgotten the Beatles. Can we go back to the postcard question? I'd, uh, I, I would imagine that you can do that. That's not a problem. Of course, he can. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, there you the go. Joke. Definitive the joke. Definitive answer there. Yeah. That's uh, the joke. And so, in in summary, he's saying, it's my belief that in the previous 309 pages, we've been on a journey, <laughs> literally in the case for those reading this on a train or bus, less so for those on a sofa, in bed, or reading aloud to a blind friend or lover. <laughs> um, yeah, he now asks that you play track 46, um, and he's, scale- he's scaled the highest highs, uh, which he describes as witnessing the birth of my first child, witnessing the birth of my second child, Denise, marriage, <laughs> getting my first job with the BBC, finding out that knowing me, knowing you have been commissioned for radio, finding out that knowing me, knowing you have been commissioned for TV, securing a lucrative deal to be the face of military-based quiz show Skirmish on UK Conquest and being awarded a Burton's Gold Card. Uh, <laughs> and he's plumbed the lower steps, Dundee. <laughs> I love that the Burton's Gold Card gets another yep, mention absolutely, there. absolutely. Yeah. Really We're good. big fans of the Burton's Gold Card, and, aren't we? And then in the final line, he says that his eyes burn for a better tomorrow, for a world without famine and war and the BBC. <laughs> <laughs> but more than anything, they burn for a million-plus sales of the hardback edition <laughs> of iPartridge we need to talk about, Alan. Good luck. Uh, which yeah. is a fantastic payoff. Uh, sadly, he didn't quite achieve those sales. Um, before we uh, talk about uh, our, our summary thoughts of the book, I just wanted to play a very quick game. Uh, it's Radio Presenter real or fake um, okay yep. as you know there are many uh, weird named radio presenters Bubba the Love Sponge has been in the news recently for all the wrong reasons oh amongst others so I've got 20 here uh, I need a group consensus do you think this is a real presenter or is this someone that I've made up okay radio presenter number one Skid Marks I'd hope it's fake I reckon I reckon it's true I reckon it's true yeah it is true that's one two Dr Sasquatch Fake? That sounds crap. <laughs> yes, it's probably <laughs> true. Uh, fake. Okay, we'll go fake. It's fake. Yeah. Pimp with a limp. <laughs> fake. Please I be fake. Like, I don't really know how... Be. Pimp with a limp doesn't work as a radio... Yeah, yeah fake. fake. It's real. Ah! <laughs> Awful. <laughs> uh, number four. MG Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, Machine Gun Kelly's real. Well, Machine Gun Kelly's real, but MG or MC, was it? MG Machine Gun Kelly. Fake. Fake. Oh, real. Real. Yeah, Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. Just saying real. And he's right. It's the Machine Gun Kelly you're thinking of. Right. Uh, Number five, Topsy and Howendecker. Fake. I don't know what any of those words mean. Real. You're saying real? Okay, real. Yeah. 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 It's fake. What do any of those words mean? (laughs) What goes on in your mind? Number six, Mr. Excellent. (laughs) Real. 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 It's real. Uh, number seven, Elaine Closure. Uh, fake. <laughs> Please be fake. Uh, real. Fake. Okay, fake. Okay, we're fake. going fake. Same fake. It's real. Oh. Uh, number eight, Scorch. <laughs> real. Yeah, I'm prepared real. to go real. Real. Correct, it's real. 
number nine, man cow. <laughs> man cow. I want, I want that to this be up, fake. Though. Huh? If Adam's made this up, let's let's say fake. Fake. Saying fake. Yeah. Yeah. It's real. <laughs> oh, I also cultures. reckon that Jed has listened to all of these. Radio <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> number ten. He is all of these. <laughs> <laughs> number ten. Jed the fish. Real. That, real. that might be a radio it show that Jed has. Real. We don't know about. I reckon it's Jed's DJ name. Fake. Real. Fake. Real. Okay. Overall, you're saying real. Correct. It's <laughs> real. Is it you, Jed? <laughs> <laughs> number eleven. Doug no. the slug. Real. Fake. I think I've heard of Doug the Slug. Oh, okay, real. I think it's real. I just want to get this over with. Correct. Yes. Let <laughs> me get this over with. It's the most fun <laughs> I've ever had. I'm having a great time. I'm having a great time. <laughs> Number 12. Sally Singnaught. Fake. 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 It's fake. 13. DJ Sour Milk. Fake. Real. <laughs> real. I don't know anymore. It's real. real. Yes. Oh, How many God. more to go? Uh, seven more to go. Okay, cool. Number 14, Spaz. <laughs> real. Real. Fake. It's real. <laughs> 15, Dave the Slave to Rave. Fake. Real. real. Oh. Real? Yeah. Real. It's fake. That's oh. a good one, though. That is yeah, quite is that good. Not Thank real? you very much. <laughs> 16, Vezzy Parmesan. Oh, this had better be fake. 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 It's real. <laughs> 17, Full Metal Jackie. <laughs> real, 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 real. Correct. It's terrible. Uh, Eighteen. The Tone Ranger. That's quite good. I'll, t- I'll say real, fake. What are you saying? Uh, I'm saying real. Okay. Real is group consensus. It's fake. Oh, it's mine. Nineteen. Brad the Fat Guy. Real, <sighs> real, yeah, real. Correct. And yeah. finally, Cheese Louise. Real, <laughs> real, real. It's fake. Oh. Oh, these, these are gold, these days. <laughs> oh, no, thanks very much. So, uh, Wow, that was fun. Let's talk summaries then. Uh, what do we think of iPartridge? Uh, too broad I'll, a question. I'll just start. I bloody love it. I, I genuinely, for me, this is one of my favourite pieces of Partridge fiction. Wow. But then I think you only really get the best from it if you've seen all the shows. Yes, because definitely. Like I've kind of said before, it fills in all the narrative gaps of stuff that you haven't necessarily seen, but it's been referenced, and that's why I yeah. love it so much. I think it's a really, it's quite a clever kind of skewering or lambasting of like misery lit, um, you know, just kind of mocking the quite churned out celeb autobiographies, which they're always following that same kind of cliched format of a tough upbringing to glimmers of early success to hitting the big time. But then what I like about Alan's is he hits the big time and then there's a very big descent <laughs> at the same time. Uh, and just, I love the unreliable narrator nature of it mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Uh, and I, I did find a, uh, a perfect quote from Yanucci about this, that he just says about, about the Alan character that Alan has to have a thick skin because he doesn't see himself the way that other people see him. If he did, he'd crumble. And I think that's that really nails it. It's like you see that mm. time and time again mm. in this book. Yeah, basically, I love it. And I would just say, though, that if you haven't read it or listened to it and you've listened to these podcasts, you have if ruined you it for yourself. You're getting <laughs> yeah. it wrong. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. And I think one of the, one of the things that's most uh, amazing about all of the writers of Alan's various projects is their versatility. The fact that... that it it works so well in book form, but it mm. also, you know, it also works, you know, well as a film. It works very well as a TV series. They managed to kind of uh, to jump media with with real ease. Okay, um, okay. And, a, and a question, subsequent question to that: Do you think this book is better as physical book or audio book? Nick, you're exempt from this question because you haven't read the actual <laughs> book. Uh, audio. 
Uh, I prefer to read it, but I did. Oh, okay. en- I did enjoy the extra. Uh, I, I, th- I think element. the audiobook is better just because it's basically like a seven-hour Alan performance. Yeah. Because obviously Coogan reads it all in character. So yeah. yeah. You never. And I've, I've listened down, to it you? so many times and not got bored of it as well. Yeah. Agreed. And Nick, what do you think? <laughs> I thought it could be bad potentially, but clearly they've absolutely nailed it. It's really, really good. And bar those couple of uh, chapters where we said it was a bit kind of padded out, a little bit of filler, the standard is consistently high. Very, very funny. And yeah, kind of, uh, as you were saying about it, potentially not working in book form. Partridge is clearly versatile. It worked across all media and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think my two uh, my two concerns before I read it were that firstly, they would just play fast and loose with the Partridge timeline. The accuracy would be out the window and they wouldn't really have, have thought about it. Mm. And I think also, it all holds up to scrutiny though, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. And also that there'd have been too much repetition that, you know, inevitably in a book of this size, you're going to have to keep laboring the same jokes but i don't think they did yeah and i think like obviously partridge is basically what you would think obviously i can't i haven't got a crystal ball can't look into the future but this is probably inucci and coogan's what they're going to be remembered for so i think they take this they take the canon they take the character very very seriously so anything mm-hmm. they put their name to they're going to do properly they're going to research yeah. you know that like you're talking about um they're not going to play fast and loose with the timeline they're going to make sure everything is accurate it wasn't a cash grab or a ram yeah it's, it's not sloppily written what you're saying is it's not jordan having an autobiography <laughs> exactly uh, and yeah my general thoughts are basically i think it's 90% gold um i think the audiobook is definitely the way to experience it first and then i would say yeah you, and then go back and read because i think there are things that you can take out from the book yeah that, that you don't necessarily get yeah from, i'd, ag- I'd from agree the you, audio. You, you get some extra gags in either version so it's worth doing both yeah and it's you know it's pretty much universally acclaimed the the the, the book um on goodreads it's got a rating of 4.2 out of 5 4.2 out of 5 seems quite low I think that I, they, I, that feels a bit hard. harsh for me, and I wonder if that's also I wonder if that's also people reviewing it that aren't proper yeah. like partridge aficionados and stuff as well. And on Amazon, it's got four point six stars uh, out of five. So yeah, it, it, I think it's pretty much universally acclaimed as a piece of literature because it stands up within the Allen timeline, within the Allen canon. And I think yeah, basically they nailed it. I mean, can we think? Are there any other comedy character spin-off books that are in a similar vein to this? Like I I can't think of anything. But Toast of London book's quite funny if you haven't read it. Oh, is that is that like an autobiography as well? Uh, no, it's much much shorter and it covers a much shorter time period. But it's similar. You can tell they've probably read that book and thought that mm. could work. For <laughs> we can do that, but let's but make to be it honest, quicker. A distinction yeah. to make as well is that this is very much its own property, whereas previously comedy books or books that were supposedly written by characters mm. were very much flimsy mm. TV cash-ins mm. that were yeah. sort yeah, of yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so this is, I think they've they, they've given it a real set a new standard, a literal yeah. and a figurative weight that that isn't. <laughs> Yeah. The yeah. other thing, the other thing is, you're saying how many others can you think of? I mean, how many characters like Alan Partridge are there? Well, out that, there that, that that's the thing. And I, I think so many different media. Well, I think that's probably a testament to why we're doing a podcast yeah, just yeah. about one character. It's like when you think about the numerous incarnations of TV shows that he's had, the film, mm-hmm. the books, the radio shows. It's like I can't think of a comedy character let alone just a British comedy character that has had such an expanded universe around them. And also doing this, I mean, revisiting I, Partridge, which through audio I've revisited a lot, but hadn't actually read the book until doing the research for this. I'm very excited about reading Nomad and listening to Nomad because I haven't delved into that yet. I've I've done Nomad and it's brilliant. It does not disappoint. 
lovely. Well, I think we'll leave it there. In summary, yep. it's lovely stuff. Uh, thank, <laughs> you, thank you for joining us while we tackled iPartridge. Um, we'll obviously be back with more monkey tennis in the future. Uh, so much more to forge forward with, as Alan himself does. Uh, you can catch up with us on email, thepartridgepod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at thepartridgepod, facebook.com slash thepartridgepod, Instagram, we are monkey tennis pod. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate everyone who listens, yep. subscribe, and rates us. If you've got a couple of seconds, please do give us a rating on iTunes. It does make a difference and it gets us in front of more people, which but is But we will fantastic. only accept five-star ratings. That's very <laughs> important. <laughs> um, yes, so thanks so much and uh, and goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. See ya. Gotta go. Monkey tennis? Smelly Alan Fartridge. Linton Travel Tavern seemed an obvious choice. Monkey tennis? At the BBC of all places. Be real. Monkey tennis? Where's my assistant? I do not know. Monkey tennis? I wish things had turned out differently, but I'm glad they didn't. Monkey tennis? It will be called Alan's Show. I decided and would be absolutely ace. Monkey tennis? But needless to say, I had the last laugh. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.